Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whatever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin Show, episode 95, coming at you from the miniature value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in Pierre, Wisconsin. I'm host and producer Eric Fisher, joining me, my only guest this week, but probably my favorite guest Aww. this week, is Secretary Shauna. Secretary Shauna, how are you? How's your day? How How is life? I'm good. Uh, my day was long, a couple meetings after school on Thursday, so... It is what it is, but we're here. We're ready to party. We're having a few uh, beers, and uh, we're going to talk some sports. You got literally the, like, Z team out here, so I'm going to do my best. Yeah, we got the four, We have the 22 crew, which is me and Sean, and if my brother ever joins. We got the 1440 crew today. 1440. Our address. I'm oh. not going to give away the whole address because it's the only creepers, but. Why can't we call ourselves the Z team? Because that sounds like we suck. Well, I think this is going to be our best episode yet, quite frankly. You are positive. I am. Anyway, so as always, got to start off with our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight and Raise Energy, repsports.com, code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number four, code ROOT4, and get 15% off any order with that code. And then, as I mentioned, Monkey Knife Fight, play the contest, don't play a Packers contest because they're not scoring enough to make it worth your while. Nope. The offensive line, I mean, if you want to do the sack dance, sure, do the offensive line. Pick the two best players from whoever they're playing. But we have plenty of time to talk negative about the Packers or pessimistically about the Packers. We'll get to that in a little bit. So don't play Packer contest right now, but play some of the other ones. Plenty of them out there. Plenty of sports to choose from. The Bucks are red hot right now. Pick some of the Bucks games. Yeah. Play along with them. Listen to my picks of the week because I've been doing pretty good. Last week I did not do so hot, but you didn't do terrible. You can last week, though, you either. can listen to my picks, everybody, um, and things will be things will be kosher for you. All right, very good. So with that, we get into the positives of what we had rooted for in the last week. That's brought to you by Fanatics, over three hundred plus powered stores. Show your love for your team with Fanatics. Get the gear for your team, driver, whatever. It's every sport basically is there. Show your love for your sports team. On Fanatics, Shauna, what did you root for in the last week? What's been great in your world? You know, I'm going to take the non-sports route, as I often do. I rooted for Christmas. Christmas. And I know that some of you haters are going to say, what about Thanksgiving? Well, I decorated for, we decorated for, I mostly decorated for uh, Christmas this past weekend. And... Our apartment feels so much more warm and fuzzy, and it just makes the day great. It does not hurt that it's been 70 degrees out this week. Yeah. The, you know. <laughs> the weather is not cooperating. The weather is not cooperating. It would probably feel a lot better, you know. But whatever. It is what it is. I'm excited for Christmas. I'm excited for, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm hype for Christmas. Uh, we've been watching um, Christmas movies all week long. Um, it's been, it's been good. But again, for those of you haters that say, you know, what about Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is a day. Christmas is a season. And I have a Thanksgiving sign up on top of our fridge. It says don't count or count blessings, not calories. And it has a little pumpkin pie on it. So I did decorate for Thanksgiving. There you go. Uh, my route for, I've got a couple, uh, first got to talk about, Somebody we talk about on the show quite a bit who has never been on the show, but one of the inspirations of this show, that's Pat McAfee. Congrats to him and Mrs. McAfee. Um, 
you know, Pat openly talking about their their battles of um, trying him and his wife trying to get pregnant and and having two terrible situations prior to this with miscarriages and life threatening surgeries for his wife. Uh, they are past the first trimester, as he reported yesterday. Um, his wife also opened up about it very publicly and, and for the world to see on her Instagram. Um, obviously, very happy for them. Um, Pat's going to be an amazing dad, and I can only imagine. You know, I don't. Sam's never on the show, but from what you see on her social media channel, she's going to be a great mom. Uh, so very excited for them, even though I don't know them, but... You, yeah. get, you you know you feel like you're part of these people's lives because you, you watch their show every day and Pat seems one of the most genuine people yeah um like authentic like he is that's just what he is right you get what you get with that guy so very happy for them uh also my other root for is it's deer hunting time Shauna it is and I spent the first I got out in the woods for the first time this last weekend uh did not bring home a deer this weekend. Uh, is what it is, but just one of those kind of nice things. Get out in the woods, be at one with nature. Oh, I hate that, but be at one with the nature. But just kind of unplug a little bit, spend some time out in the woods. Gonna be doing it again this weekend, more than likely. Gonna be a lot colder this weekend, though. So yeah, but It'll feel a lot more like Christmas and hunting seasons. So that is my root for big part of Wisconsin sports, economics, deer hunting season. Very excited for that. So with the positives do come the negatives. And Sean, I know you had no noogie summer. Any noogies for this week? Um, you know, I don't think so. I don't think I had, you know, anything this week that was really just taxing. I guess maybe a noogie to myself for losing against freaking Justin and fantasy football. <sighs> I'm disappointed in myself. You know, you are still in first place in in, in your division. Yeah. Um, Ramsey is still also, you know, because we haven't really talked about the fantasy league as of late. Ramsey also in first place in the other division. Yeah. Guess who's been red hot, though, as of late? You know, on this show, everyone talks shit about, oh, it's your league, it's your show, blah, blah, blah. You're the one, you know all this and you were on the fantasy football radio show in the past and your team's 0-3. Guess what, y'all? I am 6-3 and now. I'm in the playoffs. You have the same it's record the... as me, so relax. Yeah. Well, I was 0-3. You were not. Okay, well. Hottest team in the league looking for another win as we actually face off this week. Yeah, I just went and looked at that. I moved around some players. Um, I'm projected to win now, so projections don't mean shit, Shauna. They don't, but as we um, saw with the elections, as we saw with other weeks of fancy football for you, they don't mean shit. Hey, here it is, Noogie. I voted in Green Bay this this or Depeer Ledgeview uh, Township of Ledgeview. Yep, on Tuesday. So this was the first time that I had ever voted in a larger city. And man, does that take long. Like, noogie to the people that they need more workers there or something. Like, I do not envy, and this is not a noogie to the people that are working there. Like, I know it's a volunteer position, and I know it's a long day, and it is what it is. This is not that. This is 
to election people to figure out how to make that line go faster. Yeah, so here, a little bit of context with us, too. So, yes, we did have to stand outside for a little bit. That wasn't too, too bad. The problem, though, so I walked in. Sean, I had already registered in our district. I walked in. I was, what, three, six, three, three thousand six hundred something? Three thousand, three hundred six. Three thousand six hundred seventy-nine, I think it was. Shauna was with me in line, but had to go in the separate line to register. By the time it took her to register, and then also get back, wait in line, another line to get a ballot. I don't know why the registry people couldn't just hand me the ballot, but whatever. Three hundred people between the two of us. Yeah, I was thirty-nine twenty-nine. So, so three hundred people voted in between Eric and I, and in the time that it took me to get registered, like that is. Ridiculous. And again, not a noogie to the people that are working. I get it. It's a volunteer position. Thank you very much for what you're doing for our country. Whatever. But like, hey, let's speed this up. Let's make, like, it's 2022. Why is voting not more streamlined? You know, I'm going to take one. I'm not, I don't know if this is going to be my <laughs> noogie or not. But the fact that we can track down where a winning lottery ticket was sold within hours of it winning and who bought, you know, not necessarily who bought it because it's all bought with cash, but you can track down the gas station that it was bought at. Right. Across the entire country. Yeah. But yeah, the voting, the voting system seems a little, a little sketch. I'm not even saying like the, the, the system. I'm just saying, well, the registration, find me a quicker way to get through that line. And then, and then maybe I will be more apt to return to the polls for, Elections that maybe don't mean as much as, like, a governor or a presidential election. Every election matters, Shauna. Right. But, <laughs> in like, find me a way to get through that line quicker, and I'll probably be back. Well, going forward, it won't be that hard. You'll just stand there, hand them your life. I understand that, but even that line was long. Like, by the time that I got through the registration line, the line was, like, still outside. Yeah. Like, there was constantly people outside. So, like, yes... I mean, granted, from the time we got in line to the time you voted was about a half hour. Thereabouts, yeah. So, like, still, that's a long time to wait in line. And typically these elections that everybody shows out for are in November. It's cold in Wisconsin. Usually. Get me inside, man. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. So, again, it's 2022. Figure out how to get me through the line faster. Thank you very much. That's your TED Talk? I don't know who is going to figure that out, but... It starts somebody with the figure it, show. Somebody figure it out, man. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I have a nugget this week. I'm a very, you know, usually a very... You're you know, a very uh, crabby, crabby guy sometimes. Sometimes. But... I live with the guy. I know. The only thing I can kind of think of, and just kind of jokingly, and this is nothing against you, Shot, just the fact, you know, no one else is here. <sighs> yeah, it's the Z team. It's not the Z team. This is the A team. A team is when we're all together, the gang. The full Justin's five. in the Zoom room. Shawnee and uh, Rams are here. We had the fourth mic out. Yep, that's the A team, and it just declines from there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I could say the Packer. I, I'm you not can't go give there. them a noogie. That's not noogie worthy. I mean, life is, but... life happens, honey. Yeah. And so it is what it is. Yeah, I'm not gonna give them a noogie. Just like just, I said, just feel a little sad, you know. Mm-hmm. No one, no one 
no one could make it. I like seeing them every week. We have no friends. Kind of. Um, yeah, I really can't think of anything that was that terrible this week. Uh, Packer fans, you crabbed about them all week. Uh, well, yeah, but I did them last week. Well, give them another one. Run it back. Let's go. We have a very small amount of things that I can talk about. Well, I, I see, I don't like doing Packer stuff here because we have we dedicate like a whole segment to that. So that's why I'm a little, I don't want to go the Packer. I'm just trying to think of anything else that's really pissed me off this week. And hmm. Really? I like. I mean, aside from the Packers losing on Sunday, things have been pretty good. The Bucks are pretty good. The Brewers haven't fucked up the offseason yet. Yeah. Um, well, let's segue into Packers talk then, man. Well, we got a couple other things to talk about before we get there. Okay. Um, oh, shit. I forgot another. I had another roof. I had a third roof for. Oh, my goodness. Just such a positive week. College basketball is officially back. Woo! College basketball game starting this last week. Was in the studio for UWGB. Uh, they both the men and women did lose uh, their opening game on Monday. I am now a basketball widow, everybody. So come and visit me when Eric's gone. Yeah, go visit Sharn. But <laughs> this is a great show. It really is. I think it's gonna be great. Yeah, but yeah, I cannot think of anything. I like. I'm pretty positive, other than the Packers this week. I really can't think of anything that's really that bad. Um. Yeah, no, I I really don't know, Shauna. All right, segue. Let's go. Next All segment. Right. So as mentioned, college basketball is back. Uh, first and foremost, like I said, Green Bay Phoenix are back in action. They'll be back playing on Saturday. But where I was going with this is the Brew City Battle ah, is tomorrow. Yes. Or today, when people are listening to this, or yesterday, if you're listening on Saturday. But for when our episode releases, it is tonight. The Wisconsin women will start the game the day off first by playing Stanford, I believe. Wait, no, today right. this is happening? Well, t- tomorrow. This thing. Tomorrow. Right, for us, Friday. As yeah. we record. But tomorrow, today, tonight, for our listeners. Right, I hear you. Okay. So, Bruce City Battle, we've talked about it throughout uh, since it's been announced. It's finally here. Uh, two games taking place at AmFam Field. Tickets are still available. The Wisconsin... Women will start the day off first by playing Kansas State. That game looks like I think it's going at 3.30 for a tip time. And then the primetime game is the Wisconsin men playing Stanford. Uh, so big game for the Wisconsin men early on. Um, I'm going to see if odds are out on that. But, yeah, big college basketball time right now with the kind of the start of the season. And You think that's going to sell out AmFam? I don't think it'll sell out, AmFam, but tickets are going fast from what I can see on the Brewers website. So how does um, this work? Are they going to be Are they going to be in like the seats where you sit when you go to a Brewer game, or both. are we going to be like in bleachers on the side? Because like there's I a saw... little bit of both. Okay. So they do have a bleacher section courtside. So how much is that? That is a great question. How much, is, how much money am I spending to sit courtside at AmFam? Well, right now, the cheapest ticket in the door before fees is $18. Is that way up in the 400 level? That's for the loge level, so the 200 level. And oh, okay, so they're not going to sell to the 400s. I don't think they're selling two, or I don't think they're selling the three or the 400s. Oh, okay. From what I can see. Well, loge isn't bad. No, and it'll be the, uh, the court is just on the other side of the pitcher's mound. Okay. So as you kind of go towards the outfield. Yep. Um, 
so there are some bleachers out there. I don't show those tickets being available right now, but let me just... Maybe those are VIP. Those could be. That's... Maybe those are for Giannis and the Brewers. That could be the case. Um, either way, though, so very excited for that to happen here in the state. I do have a question. Is this, like, something that they do in other states? Or, like, what is the purpose of this? Like, why, why basketball at a baseball field? So that's an excellent question, Shauna. Okay, thank you. Um, and that's kind of what I was going to segue here. Is there's kind of two reasons for this. So the first reason is that when we get these preseason, or not preseason, because it is regular season, but when you get these, like, non-conference early season games, there's kind of two ways they go. The first one is you have them playing against like Panera School of the Deaf and Blind. And Panera, then, like Panera Bread? Yeah, that was just it was a joke. Oh, okay. Um like UW Milwaukee played MSOE the other night. Milwaukee School of Engineering. Yeah. And that was a like regular season game for them. Okay. So you have games like that at all levels, whether that be like Wisconsin playing well, Wisconsin's gonna kick the shit out of Green Bay next week. Um more than likely. Right. So they'll play like a game like that. But then you also have kind of these primetime, bigger school showdowns. Uh, in the past, they've had games like on an aircraft carrier. Oh. Where they've had like specialties for that. Um, they've had other games that are, you know, either in stadiums or just kind of a... a so a, l- a little bit of a different way to get interest for people. Yeah. Make it, make in, it different. Make it kind of like once in a lifetime. Well, not necessarily once in a lifetime. But, but like... Unique. Yeah. A unique experience. A a unique way to do it. Um, In this case, the Badgers partnering with, I believe it's Aurora Healthcare, um, for the Brew City Battle. And just kind of going with that and and bringing in two teams uh, that don't typically play the Badgers either. uh, Two of the bigger schools out there, Stanford and Kansas State. And just kind of creating a little bit of an atmosphere with it too. So... Excellent. Sounds like a sounds like a win to me. So that is my uh, not necessarily a root for, but just kind of a nice little segment about college basketball or early season. So I mean, it matters, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, also, you'll hear me next week talk about the the Green Bay men. Uh, they've actually got two kind of bigger games coming up. First Saturday, they are traveling to the nation's capital, where they will play the Georgetown Hoyas. 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 Oh, I thought Georgetown was the Bulldogs. That's their mascot, but it's it's actually the, it's a Hoya. Oh! But you had it right. That's interesting, because the only reason I know that is because my dad had a sweatshirt with a Bulldog on it. That's at yeah. Georgetown. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So they'll be there, and then next week, and you'll I'll probably talk about more next week, the Green Bay men are traveling to the Jersey Mike's Jamaica Classic. As They're again, going to Jamaica? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. I want to go to Jamaica and eat some Jersey Mike's. So that's one of the other kind of things about college basketball, like early season, is you have these kind of, these different tournaments um, kind of across the country and really across the world, technically. Um, Like the Badgers have played in the Maui Jamaui tournament in Hawaii. I believe they're in the battle for Atlantis this year. Cool. Where they've been a couple different times, including the year that they went to the national championship game. Um, so moral of the story is early season college basketball fun. They got to give them the fun so that when they get to March Madness, they're focused then. Well, that. And, and have no fun. That is just kind of a way to spice up and get better matchups early in the season. Okay. So all it's right. not all kind of like how college football has like 
Wisconsin or Alabama playing the school for the deaf and blind. Sure. So just kind of a way to spice up the early season uh, for these bigger programs out there, too. Add a little cayenne pepper. Yeah. <laughs> so that is the first thing. Uh, the Brewers also, uh, you know, while we're talking about AmFam Field, the okay. Brewers, the official start to the offseason started this week with the, uh, now that the Astros defeated the Phillies in the World Series, <sighs> as I predicted, in six. So sad. Um. I was really rooting for the Phillies. They were a very likable team. I was too. To be honest, I was rooting for them. I kind of looked at it like I could either be right or happy. Yeah. And I was right. Yeah. I I don't know. the The Phillies are a very likable team. They were, like, they they made me buy into them. And I'm not like a huge Phillies fan to begin with, but they made me buy in. Yeah, absolutely. Thought they were going to go on a run. Which they kind of did. They really did, other than... Then they let, ran out of gas. Pretty much. So, now that the season has ended, the offseason has started, uh, the Brewers have made a few small moves already. Uh, now with David Stearns being out of the front office as an advisor now. He is no longer the president of baseball operations. Um, first move they have made, they did exercise the option on Colton Wong, so he will be back for next year. I I saw something today that I thought was interesting, and it was about Corbin Burns. And so Corbin Burns is, like, getting expensive, correct? Kind of. And I saw – oh, man. This is terrible radio. But I started talking about it before I found it. But anyways, it basically was like, what would you do if, like, you couldn't oh, – this is terrible. Like, if you couldn't afford Corbin Burns, like, would you get rid of him or would you kind of, like, wait it out? Because, like, we know we're not, he's, they're not going to be able to afford. Him. Okay, I think I know where you're going is, with this. Is, this. is this making sense? Yeah, so this is actually something that MLB.com put out today. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, it was what, that's what it was. It was the top trade ship from each team. Yeah. And it's kind of looking at, okay, you know, we have an owner that has not been willing to spend money on retaining players as of late. See Josh Hader. Um, and kind of getting into bad contracts, whether that be like the Ryan Braun contract from before, or even kind of the Christian Yelich contract now, where it's not necessarily living up to what it was initially billed at. So it's kind of like, okay, well, what do you do with Corbin Burns? He's entering his next to last year of arbitration eligibility. Right. So you kind of max out if you're not going to end up wanting to re-sign him long-term. Uh, this offseason would be the one to trade him, kind of like how I... Um, Gave a noogie to the Brewers for trading Josh Hader when they did. The thing, the fact that not the fact that they traded him when they did, um, or the fact that they traded him wasn't the part that pissed people off. It's just kind of okay. You're in the middle of the regular season, right? Should have either done this this off season when he still had one more year of eligibility for arbitration, but that would have been next year, or you'd have done it this last off season where right. it would have made sense. Now the strike did kind of shorten the off season, so it wasn't necessarily equal playing field. But what do you do if you're the Brewers where if you trade him, if you look, if you are looking to trade him, if you hold on to him throughout this regular season, and hopefully postseason next year, next year, the year after that, so the twenty twenty four season, you're kind of in a rough spot. Yeah, you either have to re-sign him at that point, or trade him. Know that teams and teams don't have necessarily the leverage to have to offer top, either top prospects or a player back. Right. Because 
it's basically a one-year rental. He's a free agent. Yeah. So the Brewers have no leverage if they wait out this whole season, if they are going to trade him. Right. Uh, so that's kind of where that article was. And a couple other players are coming up on that same, I believe Woodruff's in that same boat. Uh so if you if you let's put let's pose this question if you were the Brewers manager I don't even know who the heck it is now it's Matt Arnold okay well he's the new okay Matty Arnold Eric Arnold what are you doing are you are you are you getting out on Burns early are you waiting them out are you looking for somebody else what are you doing well first and foremost I'm going to market Anasio and saying hey. If you want this team to be a winner, and you know the whole conversation we always have about Wisconsin sports wanting to be relevant versus win, right? But if you want to change that narrative, if you want to bring the fans kind of back in after a very tumultuous season, yeah, where the fans are finally kind of getting sick of contending for a playoff spot and then falling off because you're not willing to either trade for the big piece or sign the big piece in the off season, so you have your fans already kind of on your ass about that. But so, that's a that's the that's literally Wisconsin sports as a whole. Well, like every but every year we got to pick up where we, you know. So if I'm Eric Arnold or Matt Arnold, whoever we want to call me for this conversation, first thing is I'm going to his office or calling him up and saying, "Hey, what's the game plan? Here? Are we going to be plan? relevant or are we going to like go for the gold?" Right. I would do everything in my power, in whatever capacity I can. To aim to have him finally open up his pocketbook. Because it's not like the Brewers are a like franchise that can't afford to do anything. The Brewers owner, Mark Adonazio and the owner group, has like the tenth or twelfth most net worth of all baseball owners. So then why don't then then what are we doing? What are what are we doing? I, I don't have a good answer for you on that. Um and that's I think the frustrating part for Brewers fans and, and the Brewers kind of players even. Where you can say, okay, you know, these are very, these are public numbers for the most part. Like you can look at revenue. The Brewers have top ten attendance every single year, so you're bringing in revenue no matter what. You can say, hey, you know, why in the hell, you know, we have an owner who just doesn't want to pay for it. Not that he can't. You know, it'd be one thing if the Brewers' owner's net worth was like twenty ninth out of thirty or whatever. Sure. But that's not the case. He's still, I think, he's top half. Um, you know, it fluctuates obviously a little bit every year, especially with Steve Cohen uh, owning the Mets now. They that bumped them up a little bit higher. So, but you're still in like the top half of baseball when it comes to owner net worth. Yeah. And there's no salary cap in baseball, so it's not like you're trying to stand under a certain number. You're just trying not to have bad contracts, which I get to an extent. So, first thing I'm doing is saying, "Hey, open the fucking pocketbook." Mark. Yeah. Assuming he says yes, saying, "Okay, you know, we missed it on the playoffs this year." Fans are pissed. We need to go all in like we did in 2017. Yeah. Or the 2017 going into 2018 offseason when they trade for Lorenzo Cain. Or they sign Lorenzo Cain, they trade for Christian Yelich, and you made a bunch of moves to kind of yeah. put yourself back in the position. You missed out in the playoffs for the first time in four years. The Cardinals aren't getting any worse. The Reds are what they are. The Cubs are just a, you know a, an offseason away, basically, with all the money that they can spend. Mm-hmm. And the Pirates are the Pirates. So you got to kind of look at yourself saying, hey, do we want to maintain being team one or two in this division, or do we want to go out and win the son of a bitch? Right. So that's the first thing. Um, assuming that I can have him say yes, I'm going to Burns, I'm going to Woodruff, and I'm going to these pieces 
you know, not necessarily offering them the farm and a blank check, because at the same time, you kind of have to realize, okay, you know, we want to sign as many of these guys as we can. So that's the first piece. Uh, but I'm also going to these different guys saying, hey, like, what is it going to take, even for like a three-year deal? Right. Or three-year extension after that arbitration, whatever, four-year deal. What's a four-year deal going to cost? Because you don't want to get stuck in like a 10-year deal. Uh, we've seen those kind of happen and suck uh, in different capacities and whatnot. So what's it going to take to do a three- or four-year deal? When can we keep this window open? What's it going to take? So that's the first thing I'm doing. Okay. Um, if the asking price is too high, you know, you kind of have – you do still have some time. We're very early in the off season. Uh, you can kind of look at your options. Okay, you can kind of negotiate a little bit, back, go back and forth a little bit. Uh, but if Corbin Burns says, you know, I'm not resigning no matter what you do, then, yeah, I'm probably trading him. Yeah. I'm capitalizing on that value. He's coming off of a, a Cy Young year and a year where I don't think they released where he finished if he was top. He wasn't a finalist in the top three, but I got to imagine he was a top five. He was an all-star player this year again. Well, so you might as well get rid of him while he's got some cost. Well, well you can maximize because the teams aren't going to, you know, they're not going to give you top prospects necessarily now. Yeah. Or, or excuse me, like next offseason or even at the trade deadline in two year, or year and a half. Yeah. Because they realize, okay, the Brewers are just trying to move on if that's the case. Right. So I'm kind of treating these each individually, but also kind of letting their agent know, like saying, hey, we want to bring back as many as these core guys as we can. We want to build. We want to, you know, keep this going. Sure. So use that with Woodruff. Use that with Burns. You know, what have you, and go from there. Now, are we going to be going after bats? I sure as shit hope so. Because we got the pitching staff. We do. And I do enjoy uh, the fact that they did bring back Colton Wong on that team option. Yeah. Uh, even though, you know, he goes, he's a very streaky hitter at times, usually very good defensively. Yeah, I was going to say his defense is banging. So I, I like that. I don't think it was too expensive. He has a $10 million salary instead of a $2 million buyout. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, but that's a good, you know, either leadoff bat or if you like Christian Yelich in that leadoff spot, it's a good five-hole bat or six-hole bat. Oh, sure. Uh, to kind of keep around. Even with the new DH, you could even potentially kind of run that back as like a nine bat. Uh, not that they probably would, but that's a, definitely an option where you basically have two leadoff hitters. Right. There's um, a lot of options. So that's that's the route I would first go with. Yeah. Um, they also did bring back, as of today, Peyton Henry, who was initially in the Brewer system. He got traded, uh, was with the Marlins system for the last two years, I believe. Did play 15 games with the team uh, before being optioned back. And then has kind of spent time uh, with the either the AAA club or the um, or with the Marlins themselves. Was traded by the Brewers in 2021 for John Curtis. Uh, very raw power, kind of the scouting report on him. Um, Brewers do have two catchers on roster currently with Victor Caratini and Alex Jackson. Omar Navias did option to go to free agency. Oh, did he? Yeah. Which wasn't surprising. We kind of expected that to happen. Oh. So kind of bringing back some um, a talent. Plus you have Mario Feliciano still in AAA if you want to go that route too. He had a little bit of big league time this year too. Uh, so if you kind of work a little bit of a um, 
a platoon with Caratini and Peyton Henry. And Peyton Henry can also play first base if need be, too. Very experienced. Uh, spent a lot of time. I This is a favorite Tim Brattler of Aaron and mine, Aaron Crocker. Um, dude is just all hustle. You know, when you watch baseball, there's a lot of things that happen that you don't necessarily pick up on, like guys who are backing up plays like they're supposed to. Yeah. And they do it very kind of nonchalant, and they do it so smoothly usually that you don't really realize that they're getting in a position for a bad throw. Sure. Um, like if there's a like a ground or a shortstop, both the catcher and the right fielder are technically back up for first base if there's a bad throw or whatever. Right. Peyton Henry was all hustle. <laughs> and that was awesome. So very glad for him to be back. Uh, the Brewers did decline the option on Brad Boxberger, making him a free agent. So Brad Boxberger, Brad Boxberger <laughs> uh, did go unclaimed on waivers. Team decided to uh, clear him off the roster. Did They had him on team control, but did save $3 million with a buyout. Um, so no team presently looking at him. Could be a case where they're just kind of keep you know, be a case where contract wasn't great. Um, again, $3 million when you can get a $750,000 buyout and go to the open market. So, if you want, you know, depending on what interest is there for him, if you can bring him back if things aren't hot on him, maybe a little bit lesser salary, great. Yeah. Uh, the Brewers also did pick up a pitcher today. Tyson Miller from the Rangers uh, was a fourth-round pick by the Cubs in 2020, made, or was a, made his MLB debut with the Cubs in 2020. Um, five innings pitch over two appearances. Went to the Rangers on a waivers claim in 2021. Made his Rangers debut this year. Um, 89 and two-thirds innings, 452 ERA, 28.6% strikeout rate with a 10% walk rate. Um, did have some long ball issues. So he also the big thing with him, though, and kind of why you maybe give up on a guy like a Brad Broxberger or kind of let him walk, is he does have minor league options available. Sure. Where he can kind of go back and forth if you need that, you know, that bullpen arm for a couple of weeks. If there's somebody on the IL or you know what have you. Right. So kind of a good, a little savvy move by the Brewers. Um, see if they can make a move there. So that's kind of where we're at with the off season. Uh, a couple other minor league deals being done, but nothing really report worthy. Yeah. Um, so kind of just kind of see where they go and see how this offseason kind of gets underway to uh, with it officially. The first trade was made, I believe, on Monday or Tuesday between the Braves and the Rangers. Okay. Also kind of one noteworthy thing in baseball, former Brewer G-Man Choi is back in the National League Central after getting traded by the Rays to the Pirates. Okay. So welcome back to the NL Central in the Midwest, uh, Mr. Choi. That's really all I got in the baseball world. All right, cool. Uh, before we get into a football talk, we did kind of skip over our What's Weird Wisconsin story. And Shauna, you were very excited about this one. I am. And it's not a Wisconsin story, which is kind of, you know, against what we do. But we can twist it into one kind of. So it is. I, I saw this on uh, TikTok, actually, from the Minnesota Department of Transportation. They tweeted out, they said, drum roll, please. Here are your new snowplow names, Minnesota. It says, after nearly 60,000 votes cast, Plowy McPlowface has eight new friends joining the fleet. 
one for each Minnesota DOT district around the state. So uh, the name of Snowplow, class of 2022. And if you want to uh, vote for a Snowplow name, you can go to the Minnesota DOT.gov slash name of Snowplow. Um, anyway, so the, the, the Snowplow names are as follows. Betty Whiteout. That's awesome. Control Salt Delete. The Big Laplowski. Plowsaurus Rex. Scoop Dog, my personal favorite. Snoop Dogg is a uh, a a treasure to Eric and I in our uh, relationship. Uh, is bl- he? Uh, that's how you picked me up, dear. That's true. I forgot. Well, we might as well just tell that after I finish no, these no, names we here. No, skip over that. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, By the way, Wisconsin does do this. I'm kind of Googling it right now. Too. Oh, does it? Do they? Yeah. Do we got cool names as Minnesota? Some of them, yeah. Okay. So we got Blizzard of Oz, No More Mr. Ice Guy, and Edward Blizzard Hands. So without seeing the, like some of the new list here, I think my first one, got to go the LMFAO route, Every Damn Shoveling. Oh, that's a good one. I know. Mine was Snowplow Like Home. <laughs> that's pretty good. Now, I did just a quick kind of search on this. Um Appleton does do this. Okay. Uh, they did this for last year, so this is a this is a ten month old story. Um, so this might have been for the newest one. So here's the ones that Appleton went with: uh, Snow Slayer. Okay. High View Plower. Uh, the Cheese Sled. Ooh, I like that. Darth Blader. Oh yeah, I like that one. Frosty. Okay. Gust Busters. The Blizzard of Oz. Uh, we had one of those. Uh, the Magnificent Snowdini, which Magnificent oh, Houdini, Wisconsin Houdini reference from Appleton. Okay, okay. Snowy McSnowface, Clark Gable, Willem de Snow. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Sure. Blades of Glory. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, Snowpiercer. Okay. Truck Rogers, Plowabunga. <laughs> that might be my favorite one. Plowabunga is pretty. Plowabunga. Cool. La La Plauza, Plauza. Plauza. Flower Never, Oops, Avalanche Time, Southside Slider, Traction Jackson, and Utterly Movable. <laughs> That's funny. So this is a Wisconsin thing, too. Okay. Um, but this also kind of led you to what we were kind of talking about, some of the different uh, slang terms from like our, our age, which were 26. Yeah. Um, and it's no secret you're a school teacher. Yep. Uh, so you've got like 10 year olds. So 16 yeah. year gap. Yeah. The slang terms that we have is what they had. And you yeah. were kind of talking about this day in your class day, correct? So, yeah. So um, my kids were very curious today. And, and I don't know why. Well, one of them said, um, one of them said, slay all day or something like that. And I was like, man. Or no, they said bussin'. They said bussin'. And yeah, and uh, I sort of like it, it, like commented, and I was like, "Wow, your slang terms um, are are very different than what we use." And um, they were like, "Well, what 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 slang terms did did you use in you know when you were growing up?" And I was born in '96, so a lot of people would make the case like, "Oh, I wasn't a '90s baby because," or like that I wasn't a '90s kid because I was a baby in the '90s. Well, I had two older sisters, um, 
that did definitely grow up in the 90s. And so I was very much exposed to 90s culture. Um, and so, like, they, like, as if, um, bling, booyah, da bomb, um, all that in a bag of chips, um, I, and my fourth graders were laughing at me. Um, and the one that I did say that they, they told me was very cringy. Um, the very first one that I remember is like saying LOL out loud and be like, oh my gosh, LOL. And they were like, oh my God, Ms. Halbach, you're so cringy. And I'm like, well, at least I'm not out here saying that, you know, my goldfish crackers that I have for snack are bussin'. So, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, things are very different nowadays. And we had a long discussion. And they, they thought it was, they thought it was cringy. But yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, it is cringy, but you know, it is what it is, and I think everybody has their home, their own. Um, I, I, I mean, we we grew up in two very different times. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, they walk around with TikTok slang and whatever, and they're like, "Well, they have phones. Like fourth graders have phones." Oh, oh, here was the best thing. Okay, so my very first phone, because they were like. Oh, I'm sure you had a flip phone, which was cool at that time. And they were like making fun of me. And I said, actually, no, I had a slider, right? Oh, so like yeah, where yeah, the, yeah. the whole keyboard comes out and they were like making fun of me. They were like, oh my God, no cap, Ms. Hallbach, you were a nerd. You were like, and I'm like, guys, I didn't have a choice. Like there were not iPhones. Like I had an iPod touch. That was cutting a long, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like. I had an iPod Touch, the one with the camera, by the way, and that was, like, top of the line, right? Like, I saved all of my money for that. And then, you know, I would have my my iPhone in one hand, or my iPod Touch in one hand, and I'd have my phone with the slider on the other hand. And they were, like, geeking out. They're like, you had to have two devices for, you know, doing the same thing. And I'm like, guys, I didn't have a choice. Like, and they, and I'm like... I was pretty cool. Like I was pretty, you know, up and coming with the technology. And these kids are like, well, I have an iPhone SE. And I'm like, well, I don't even have that. So like relax. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, they asked me what kind of, kind of iPhone I have. And I don't have obviously the newest one. And they make fun of me for that. As they should. Okay. <laughs> you don't even have like the second most new one. Because there's the 14 now. Oh, like, gosh. Yeah, you've got the 12. Oh. But no, no, these, I, I remember, how old were you when you got your first phone? 17. Really? Yeah, I had to uh, have a job and work, and I had to show my parents I had so much money in my account to afford a phone. Huh. You know, we were very much taught hardworking skills in the Hallbach household. <laughs> so were we in the Fisher household. <coughs> I'm just uh, kidding. See, for our listeners, I did not have a job in high school. I was also a three-sport athlete, though. I had multiple jobs. Yeah, good for you. I was not a three-sport athlete, though. Um, I was not very coordinated. I got my first phone in sixth grade. Oh, my God. You were one of those kids. But I couldn't text on it. Jody. I couldn't text. Uh, was it like a pre-played, like, No, no, no. Phone? It was a regular phone. Like, it was a normal phone, but I couldn't text. Oh. I, my parents did not want texting for whatever reason. Um, and then... 
I had social media, and then to get fa- be able to get Facebook back because they didn't want us to use Facebook anymore for a brief spell. For me to be able to get texting as a freshman in high school, I had to give up social media. Ah. So there was a year and change um, where I did not have Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Yeah. Um, the other thing that my kids made fun of me for, not to... And I also had a know. flip phone. was my first phone. Uh, yeah. So my sister... I told my kids this too today because, like I said, they were very curious. And it, it like, brought up an interesting discussion about, like, history and how different, like, we grew up and how, you know, time evolves. So it was an academic conversation. So please don't think that, you know, my kids and I are just shooting the shit all day. Um, but anyways, um, I, I told them that the fir- my sister, when my sister got to high school, my parents bought her because my sister – uh, was on like other teams and whatever, and she couldn't drive. And so my parents got her a track phone. Do you remember track phones? Yes. Where you like prepay the minutes, right? And so there's this like home video we have of my sister opening this cell phone, and she is like jumping up and down, screaming, "Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you" to my parents. She's like, "Oh my god, you got me a cell phone!" Because my oldest sister at this time had a cell phone, and literally my mom sucks all the excitement out of her and goes, now wait, that is just to call us for when you're done with work. We have prepaid the amount of minutes and we know all the minutes on there. So like you can't like call or text and use any of these minutes. And like literally on Christmas on this family video, you can see my sister just like all the happiness just like (laughs) sucked out of her. And she was like, Oh, and, uh, I told my kids about that today too. And they were like, you can't even, you can't do that. And I'm like, yeah, and for a while you'd have to go buy these little gift cards and then you'd have to call this little number and then it would deposit like, you know, 20 minutes on your phone. Oh man. We were, we had such, do you remember like when, I mean, now we have, I mean, there's still a thing, but do you remember like iTunes cards? Yeah. And also, I just remembered this, too. When my mom got her first cell phone, um, like, nights and weekends were free. So, like, she would only use, like, her cell phone after, like, 8 o'clock and on the weekend. Because otherwise she had to pay for the minutes. I remember Cellcom did a thing where it was free Cellcom to Cellcom. So, oh you, yeah, we had that. Too. You had to know in your phone like who you could call, yep. or text or whatever, where it was okay. Yep, this is this is safe, or no, this one's gonna cost money. Oh, so and so has Verizon. I can't call them. Right. Or and then you made the grave mistake of calling somebody and having like too long of a conversation, and then your parents would be like, um, "Excuse me, your bill is this much this month. Why is it so expensive?" No, that my so I didn't have that part of it but as i got like you know older and and playing sports and you know different friends from other schools and whatnot yeah my parents would give me shit about my amount of text messages i had they would, oh you sent 1500 texts this month yeah or whatever i don't even know how much because my phone also so i never i mean like i didn't have a smartphone until i was a sophomore in college sure um but i remember very vividly like my phones could only hold like think my first phone that i had texting on could only hold like 30 text messages. Yeah. So I had to delete my inbox all the time where it would just automatically delete the oldest ones. So oh, sure. 
and I this is actually kind of a fun with with Ramsey. So Sean, so as we've talked about, I've known Sean and Ramsey a good chunk of my life. I knew, met Ramsey in middle school. Sean and I were next door neighbors. I've known Sean like all my life. Um, Sean was always pretty good about responding. Lately, you can't text him. Like you have to message him on God's Snapchat or something like that. That's the cheat code for him. So if you need to get a hold of Sean, do not text him. Um, but Ramsey was so bad at replying to text messages. <laughs> and it would take, you know, I'd text him about something on like a Tuesday that I didn't actually need an answer for till like Saturday. Right. And if I got an answer about like Friday, I was pretty happy. Okay. But the, the shitty thing. Ramsey needed three business days to uh, respond to a text. Ramsey needed two to three business days to respond to a text. <laughs> but by that point, like, I had deleted what I sent him. So unless I had an exact replica or memory, or if he, like, referenced what I had sent him, sure. I had no fucking clue what I sent him. <laughs> that's funny. So that's where we were at as a as old, young millennials. Yeah. Cuspers, whatever the fuck we are at 90, in 96. But yeah, I... I there was times where I'd be like, what the hell were we talking about? What did I ask you? Because he'd still have it, you know. He'd right, have it because right. he just opened it. Right. But yeah, no, I had no fucking clue. <laughs> That's funny. Ramsey's a lot better for what it's worth at replying to messages now. Yeah. Uh, but no, there was a time where it was a couple business days and hope for the best. Yeah. Well, sometimes, like, with those old phones, I mean, sometimes that happens with, like, my new iPhone and I just get terribly angry. But, um, like, you didn't get the text. Right. And then somebody would be like, well, you know, I wasted a text on you because I remember, like, a few of them were numbered. Like, I remember, like, our, our, like, our first couple bills, we didn't have unlimited texting. Like, we had, like, 250 texts. Sure. You know? And uh, my sister would always go over, and it was always a... Which, Chelsea, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, that was a, that was a thing, too. But... Or like the people with track phones where they only, you know, accounted towards their minutes. So you could get like three text messages for like a minute. Yeah. Or whatever it was. Yes. And so like you'd text them and you'd have to ask them something important. You'd have a conversation like, oh, I ran out of minutes. Or, yep. Oh, man. We we have evolved for some good yeah. in some of our, our resources. But. Yes. Anyway. So great What's Weird Wisconsin story. Yes, for um, sure. Which we can now talk about sports. Well, real quick, Root for Wisconsin Nation, what would you name a snowplow? Yeah, let us know on our Facebook or our Instagram or Twitter. Hell, we'll probably put it on TikTok um, if we can figure out how to get this segment on there. Oh, sure. We'll figure that out. Uh, that's what we have Secretary Shauna for. So Yeah, I'm, a, I'm savvy. So... Let us know what you would name your snowplow if you had the option to name a snowplow. Yep. We'll post it on all of our social medias. We want to know what you would name the snowplow. Yep. Anyway, that leads us to some football talk. Wisconsin, another win this week for the Badgers. They are one win away from being bowl eligible, which they have three games left. Looking pretty good. The Badgers are 3-1 and one under Jim Leonard. Graham Mertz is balling out. We just needed to get rid of Polly. That's, you know, Paul Christ, great human being, but it just kind of seems like the message was stale. Yeah, I think, you know, he'd coached for so long that it was just like, you know, he wasn't lighting a fire in the guys anymore, so. Right, and he just wasn't, I mean, he was very conservative with the play calling. 
just didn't have that same fire that, say, like a Jim Leonard does. And that's just kind of, it is what it is, you know? I want one of those water flossers for Christmas, by the way. I just, I saw that commercial right now. Sure. I would like one of those. Well, we'll talk to Santa and we'll see what happens. Okay, thanks. Um, Put in a good word with the big guy. (laughs) Uh, So, Badgers back in action this week. I think all three of us last week had picked the Badgers to win. They did win and they did cover against the Terrapins of Maryland. So we'll Terrapins, do... those are Kohler chocolates. They are. Um, we'll do our picks here in a little bit. So good win for them. Uh, the Badgers travel to Iowa this weekend, where they also are favored. And you know, we're not going to do our picks right here, but I'm very excited to see what this offense, you know, very kind of still kind of trying to do the ground and pound, but also a lot more open than it has been in the past. So very, you know, curious on that. And also, while we're talking about the Badgers, uh, they did sign their potential heir apparent quarterback, who will be a freshman next year for grammar. It's a senior year. And I'm probably going to butcher his name, but we did have it on our Facebook page. It was Cole, I believe, LaCrue, I believe is his name. Um, Kind of a dual threat, Russell Wilson, Tanner McAvoy type quarterback out of Colorado. And he is coming to the Badgers, Cola Crew. Um, he committed on Monday night to play for the Badgers and potentially more than likely Jim Leonard and Bobby Ingram's offense. So very exciting news for the Badgers. And I guess really that's all I've got right now. We talked Badger basketball already. We talked Badger football here. Uh, a couple of recruits, like I said, kind of getting signed. Um, and we'll do our picks on them in a little bit. Sweet. So that just leads us to our wonderful Green Bay Packers. Packers fell again this week. Their fifth straight loss. Now three and six on the year, losing to the Detroit Lions in Detroit with MCDC. And just not a whole lot of positive to talk about this week. No. In the game. Uh, very frustrating to kind of, you know, to sit there and watch and sit through and just be miserable for three hours and change. Well, okay. I know that I have, like, not a very analytical take on football, on, you know, whatever it is. I'm pretty much the average fan. I mean, I enjoy football. I know, you know, quite a bit about football. But Packer games are not fun to watch. And I don't know, like, even, like, if I wasn't a fan and, like, I had, you know, the two slots of football games to choose from, even if I wasn't a Packer fan, I don't think I'd be turning on the Packer games. Oh, like, they are not. so boring and, like, so hard to get through. And, like, I mean, you turn on a, uh, I mean, like, you turn on a Bills game. No matter who the Bills are playing, it's an exciting game. You turn on a Chiefs game, it's an exciting game. You turn on a Bucks game, same thing. Like Rams, even uh, though the even, Rams and the Buck and the Buccaneers are struggling, they played this week though. That was a fun game to watch. And as much as I hate the Vikings, and like as much as I hate to say it, like I'd rather sit and watch the Vikings play than the Packers. Like I really would at this point. And again, I don't know. I, even if it's just because I'm, like, a fan or whatever. But, like, if I wasn't, I don't think, again, if I have those two slots to choose from, 
I'm not turning the Packers on. Oh, absolutely not. And I know, okay, here's the other thing. We don't, we're spoiled fans, okay? For sure. Uh, it was the stat that came out this week, the last, like, 30 years we've been in 26 times or whatever it was. I understand that I'm spoiled, but I'm not even, like, mad about the fact that we're probably not going to the playoffs. I'm mad that our football games are boring. Like, if they would make them interesting and we'd still lose, I wouldn't feel as bad. I'm just bored. They're stale. They suck. I'm sick of hearing the narrative about Devontae Adams. I'm sick of, you know, Rodgers, you know, ranting. I'm sure he's frustrated. I, like, I, I can't imagine, you know, being in that spot and, you know, having these guys play under you so poorly, but he's also playing poorly. So I'm sick of seeing the narratives of, Oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is such a dick and you know, whatever it may be. Like, I think we just need to move on. Move I think on from Aaron? everybody, I think we need, I think, I think we need to be a rebuilding team. Like it is our, it is our hour to be a rebuilding team. I am bored. I am sick of the Packers. I will always love the Packers, but I am bored. And I'm sick of the narratives that I continue to hear. Because every every time they go out on the field, it's like, this is the Green Bay Packers season. If they don't win this game, their season is over. And it's every time we go on the field. And I'm sick of the narrative. I'm bored. The, their games are snooze fests. The only exciting thing is literally, okay, you know, <laughs> gambling on who's going to get hurt. Yeah. No, I will say this. So I got, I got a couple things to say on this. Um, one, first and foremost, I, I got to disagree with you a little bit here. I am, I'm an Aaron Rodgers defender. Always. Oh, my goodness. And You're like Ramsey and Tom Brady. I wouldn't go that far. I, I don't have a flag of Aaron Rodgers in here. You got Aaron Rodgers' face. I, I do have the, the handout from training camp. Right, and when I asked you, can we throw this away, you said, no, we're going to hang it in the podcast room. And we did. It looks kind of, it's kind of fun there. It's... Yeah, again, you're, you're as far up Aaron Rodgers' booty hole as Ramsey is Tom Brady. I don't think that's accurate. I think it's more than accurate. But I am, I am very sick of seeing all these narratives of Packer fans who – Aaron Rodgers is such a dick. He doesn't care about the team. He's, you know, he... I don't... To be honest with you, I don't think he's playing that bad, all things considered. What? Now, yes, he is missing some open throws. Again, Eric, you are... You have your rose-colored Ray-Bans on, hold on, on, hold on, hold on. I am basing this, actually, courtesy of our friend Mason, uh, in his film breakdown, The Four Plays of Springs, on the Wisconsin TikTok. TikTok. Facebook and Instagram. Where the, the missed throws that Aaron Rodgers is missing, and he is missing throws. I'm not going to deny he's not playing his best football. But the throws that he's missing, like, you know, you can talk about the end of the game specifically, how, yeah, sure, he, he missed on Sammy Watkins in the last play. And there is reason for that, because I don't think Sammy Watkins ran the right route. A lot of... Ill talk about Sam, Sammy Watkins this week. Uh, Dobbs was hurt. Christian Watson was hurt. Um, I mean, they basically had you and me running out there at wide receiver. It doesn't matter, though. Like, then, it does, ru- then run the ball. Well, and this is why it does matter. 
and Matt LaFleur kind of talked about this, where they are as an offense, as, you know, as a team, teams are loading the box where they've got six guys at the line of scrimmage, where you have five blockers, or even if you have a tight end in the line, that's six. You have your two or three linebackers who are inside. So you're basically having eight, nine guys in the box at all times. But then make money moves and go get somebody else. That's going to help you. I don't then disagree why, with then that. Then why did we not make some money moves? Like, if that's where you are as an offense, that you can't confidently do a running offense with the guys you have on the line, then go get people to help you do that. Because clearly the pass game ain't it. Well, right. And the, the reason for that, and, and kind of getting a little bit more analytical with it, again, great job by Mason. I you gotta, can only shout him out so much. But great job by Mason um, kind of breaking down the passing game struggles because you can't go to the run, and teams are basically begging you to throw, which is a fucked-up sentiment when you consider you have a four-time MVP, back-to-back reigning MVP, throwing the ball around. Right, but that's what I'm saying is, like, if you you know that the passing game right now is not it, right? You know that. Right. Regardless of the team that you're playing, the passing game is not it. And you know you're not being successful with the passing game. And you're not a run team. You're not built to be a run team right now. So then why did we not give the, like, go get weapons so that you can at least get your run going so that you can give some more time to your quarterback and these young receivers because I'm so sick of hearing about, oh, the young receivers. But why are we not, why did we not do that? To at least give us some semblance of a hope here. Like and that's the ultimate question, it, it, and that's what I don't I don't understand why they didn't. Like what are what are we doing as a team, as a front office, as as whatever it is? What are we doing? We're not doing anything. Is what we're doing, and you're not sticking money into the team to make it better. So you're telling your fans, you're telling your quarterback, you're telling your you know young receivers that you went out and got that you just don't give a shit. And that that lies the struggle. I mean, you look at. You know, you talk about maximizing Aaron Rodgers' Super Bowl window and your team, your franchise's Super Bowl window and winning a championship and trying to get back to the glory and, you know, all that. But you go and get rid of, of Devontae Adams, who didn't want to be here. So, you know, it is what it is. He wasn't going to be here anyway. But for you to go out and think Sammy Watkins is your, your top option, which Sammy Watkins in, at one point in time was a great wide receiver prospect. He's a first-round pick, I think top five or top ten in the draft, top five even maybe, Sure. Um, coming out of Clemson. Was a great pick at one point in time. The guy can't stay healthy. He clearly doesn't understand the passing concepts Green Bay wants to run. Does not have any chemistry. Runs kind of flawed routes, if you will. Be, you know, even, shout out, again, shout out Mason. The last play of the game where Rodgers throws and it looks like he wasn't even freaking close in the pass. Because Watkins decides to go in towards coverage, towards the safety, instead of breaking out towards the the pylons. Okay, but then why out. why is okay? Here's the thing. I know that that's like quick pass or you know whatever it may be or you know whatever. But like, why is Rodgers, an MVP quarterback, throwing the ball to somebody that's not there? Even if they don't run the route, then hang on to the ball. Like he's supposed to, he's. They always talk about how he's got you know, so many eyes and, oh, my God, he sees the field so well and whatever. Like, clearly he's not seeing the field well because he's throwing balls to guys that aren't there. Well, that's that in lies the issue. And you can kind of talk about, you know, 
maybe holding in an extra brief second to, to let them react. But at the same time, you can look at, you know, first of all, he hasn't had a whole lot of time to throw a lot this year. There's times where he's getting the back of his drop, and there's two defenders in his face, and he has to do something. Uh, so that, that kind of limits what he can do, what routes he can throw. Because you have to go through your progressions as a quarterback. You, you have your one read, your two read, your three read, right? Right. I hear you. I know. So when you've got defenders in your face, a lot of being a quarterback is throwing guys open, anticipating where they're supposed to be. You know, we, everybody talks about, um, you know, Rodgers not trusting young receivers. And the rookie receivers, whatever. And there's a reason, you know, not to, this isn't necessarily defending him, but there is something too when you have chemistry with somebody who you kind of know what they're going to do before they do it. Because, you know, with Devontae or even with Lazard sometimes, and um, we've seen it throughout Aaron's career, where if Rogers is out of the pocket, they're either going to come back to the ball or they're going to kind of break out of their route and. And he knows what they're going to do. He can anticipate what they're going to do. Right. A lot of football, especially when you have teams playing cover two and these different zone offenses, is beating the zone, finding a spot where the defenders aren't, where you can throw your guy open, where you know he's between two defenders. You throw to a spot. You don't throw to the player. Right. So, like, on the last play, for example, and some other instances out there, he's throwing to a spot where the guy is supposed to be and either they're not running the route crisp enough or they're not running the correct route, which we saw actually quite a bit with even Matt LaFleur on the sideline this week in, in his post-game press conference. He did mention guys not running the right concept. Yeah. So that's a that lies the issue, especially when you have a guy, you have guys like Dobbs who are out. You have guys like Watson who you game plan for. Um, Dobbs, too. And then you have some other injuries. I think Tunyon was down at one point uh, this last game. You have basically Amari Rogers, uh, Samari Torre, who has kind of been able to break through. Amari Rogers has never broken through as a receiver in his two years here. Sammy Watkins, who very clearly struggled against Detroit and probably struggled other days too. When those are your top two receivers, you have Alan Lazard, who nothing against Alan Lazard, great human being. Great receiver if he's number three receiver, but he's you know he gets jammed at the line he can't break out of it. Right. So you kind of sit there and you're trying to anticipate the guy to be open or to make a move and they're not running the route they're supposed to. They're not, you know, doing whatever you're anticipating them to do because you don't have that chemistry with them and it's just kind of a mess as a whole and that that in lies the issue. You know, you talk about why don't they get somebody this offseason. They very much should have. Uh, there's no defending that. No. The front office let them down this offseason. And, again, you know, they, they thought they were going to have deals here at the deadline, um, whether that be Darren Waller, the, the tight end, receiving tight end from the Raiders, whether that be Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, DJ Moore. You, you know, they were doing the right things. They were, you know, for the Bears to get Chase Claypool, Packers offered the same compensation, but the Steelers chose to go with the Bears' second-round pick over the Packers' second-round pick. Yeah. Same thing with some of these other trade packages out there where, you know, you offer these trades out, but they don't end up wanting to pick with them because if Green Bay goes on a run, then you're kind of in that same position. Okay, well, the second-round pick basically will become third, or 
you offer a first round pick, it's basically a second. Yeah. So that's a lot of the issue. It's just frustrating because it's like, you know, you thought, okay, Rodgers is back. He's got young receivers that that was going to be a good thing. And then basically we've been doing nothing but declining the whole time. Oh, absolutely. And, and that, that, that is so frustrating and it drives me nuts. Yeah. And like, what was I going to say? Oh, the other thing that I have a question about is, okay, so these, this play calling is like, I feel like I could do better play calling. So, like, who's messing up? Is it Maddie calling the plays on the sideline and that's what's messing up? Or is it Ron Ron calling the plays at the line and he thinks he sees something and he's changing what Maddie sees? Like, because I feel like there's no, like, cohesive unit. Because, like, you know, Rogers used to, like, go to the sideline and he used to be, like, oh, you know, good play, you know, whatever it may be. Rogers doesn't even do that anymore. Like, he doesn't, he won't even go talk to Matt. Well. Like, so who's calling these plays that are just absolute ass? Well, so Mason actually did a pretty good breakdown of this and something kind of confirming what I had thought. Um, so, you know, by no means am I an expert. I'm, you know, I sit and watch the game the same as everybody else does. Maybe I think about it a little bit more than the average person who, once the game's done, okay, that's it, right? That's me. Um, the first thing to me is a lot of these issues that they're having with play call scheme. It's not necessarily that, you know, especially because the, the hot trigger phrase right now is run pass option, right? Sure. Where it's okay, you know, the play call is supposed to be a run, but there is the pass option to see what the defense gives you, hit the ball or hit the, like, the wide receiver quick screen or, like, the slant route, whatever, and it's getting one, two yards, like the dump pass to Aaron Jones, whatever. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, I see it. I get where it's frustrating. But a big part of this issue isn't necessarily that anybody's doing anything wrong. And Mason kind of talks about this this week at, or this week in the, the video series. I believe it was played too. The read is right. Yeah. The read is absolutely right. You know, you come to the line, again, kind of what I talked about in your last question, where the box is stacked, where there's defenders... Loading the box, okay, the run game probably won't work on this particular play. Throw it out, make something happen. Uh, but it's a lot of execution where either you're missing a block or one of these receivers misses an assignment because they're either trying to do too much or they didn't necessarily understand the concept of what their responsibility in the play was. Um, so is it like, does it come down to like... It's the players. Like practice? Like are they not, like, are they not practicing well enough? Like... I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a, like a deer in the headlights thing where it's just come game time. They're trying to do too much. They want to, you know, stay, quote unquote, stay in Rogers' good graces or whatever it is. But it's kind of an issue where they're just not executing and teams are knowing that they're not going to execute properly either. You can kind of focus on, you know, if you see this box being loaded, you know, if you kind of have an instinct as to what they might do that particular play. You can kind of get away with, you know, loading the box. And if you can capitalize on one of these guys not wanting to block or not getting a good block angle, because Alan Lazard's one of the best blocking wide receivers in football. That's reality. Sure. That's not bias. That's just kind of breaking it down. 
But if you can take an edge on Sammy Watkins, who's maybe making a quote-unquote business decision to not get in the way on a block or just isn't skilled enough to do it, yeah, then by all means you're going to do that and you're going to have a better play because of it sure. as a defense. That's, that in lies one of the biggest problems right now. And starting Jordan Love isn't going to do shit. Um, tr- talking about, you know, Lil Wayne, talking about trading Aaron Rodgers this offseason is a, a terrible take. No offense, Wheezy, but <laughs> that ain't it. Well, I just, like you said, I feel like, I, I, I don't know. I'm just sort of, like, over them. They're not fun to watch anymore. There's no, like, fire. There's no spark. There's no nothing and again i'm i know that i sound like a spoiled pack fan you know whatever it may whatever it may be um but i'm sort of over it like at this point keep losing get a good draft pick and see what we can do next year i'm i'm packing up i got my bills to to keep going with so well you know there is something to be said about the spoiled packer fan and I, you know i i very much acknowledge you know i'm i'm we're very spoiled um, like you said, 26 out of the last 30 years, whatever, they've been a playoff team. Right. Um, Which is a pipe dream for a lot of teams. Oh, absolutely. So, I, like I said, I get it. But at the same time, I'm bored. I'm bored. You're not holding my attention. It's The narrative is annoying. I I'm think, over it. I, you know, and I, to be honest, and, and I, I know I talked, said I'd talk about it instead of giving a noogie this week. I am so sick of Packer fans. You know, I'm not even as mad about the team itself as I am about, like, seeing on Twitter different Packer fans' reactions or, you know, different um, media outlets where people can call in after games or, like, Twitter spaces or Facebook Live conversations after games and just Facebook comments. You know, it's just all so dumb. A lot (sighs) of it is. And, you know, you hear people talking about how... Aaron Rodgers, he's not the guy that you can go drink a beer with, so they're sick of him. They, people, I genuinely, I know you're going to say I'm up his ass or whatever. People don't appreciate him for what the greatness that he had as a talent. And we're going to yeah, come to a point. Yeah, because he looks like shit. We're going to come to a point here in either next season, two seasons, whatever it may be. We're going to come to a point where it's like, holy shit, you know, why did we wish for this guy to be out of town? Whether that be Jordan Love starting, which I do kind of agree with Ramsey. If if Jordan Love was what they thought he was going to be when he was drafted, they would have either moved on from Rodgers or he'd be starting already. Right. So Jordan Love, I don't know if he's it. You know, I'm I'm sure there's more talent than he gets credit for, and he's pretty hated by a lot of Packer fans too. Except right now, he's he's the most popular Packer right now. Yeah, but maybe he'd have more like chemistry with the young guys i feel like aaron is you know and you only can see so much on what the media wants you to see kind of thing but i feel like jordan love might be more open to the new guys than aaron is i don't know if it's being open i i think a lot of it is just that he he might have better chemistry with a lot of these guys because a lot of the offseason he was taking the game reps with them sure he was taking the number one reps in otas because Aaron wasn't there for OTAs. And he's earned that right as a veteran to not come to OTAs. A lot of veterans do it. He just hadn't. Right. No, I, I hear you. I'm just, like I said, I, I'm I'm not calling for trades. I'm not calling for to put Jordan Love in. I'm not calling for any of that. All I'm saying is I'm bored. 
of the Packers. I'm sick of talking about them. I'm sick of hearing about them. I'm sick of watching them. Let me find something else to do for three hours on a Sunday. I don't. Even, I mean, I'm. I'm obviously. I'm gonna watch. You know, especially this weekend, Mike McCarthy's return to Lambeau Field. You know. Yeah. That fun element of it, but yeah, it just. If I wasn't a Packers fan, if I didn't have this podcast, or if I didn't work in radio, I for sure would probably be right there with you. But well, and like I said, at this point, keep losing. Keep losing, get a banging draft pick, and we will pull ourselves up by our bootstraps like we always do and try again next year. You know, that's kind of the thing, but at the same time, like, the Packers aren't out of contention by any means. Now, realistically... We lost to the 1-6 Lions. We are nowhere near a Super Bowl team. We I'm cannot not, even go to the playoffs. I don't disagree with you. I do want that high pick. We looked shittier than the Lions that are one in six. I, I don't disagree with you. All I'm saying is it's technically <sighs> within realm. Because a lot of the NFC has been so crappy this year. If you can kind of figure some of these issues we out. We can't beat the Vikings. We will not beat the Vikings. I Eric, don't know. You cannot sit here and you are an Aaron Rodgers at like... I can't even say it. It's not safe for radio. But you are so far up the Packers' ass. I'm just saying, I don't think it's... Get out of them. We are... We can't beat the Vikings. I don't think we will. I don't think it's... I don't think it's happening this year. But you have hope that it might. You are sitting here, and I can see it on your face. I think it's possible. And I'm not saying... I'm not even saying that's why I want that to happen. Because it's going to be what I call, it's a false hope rally, right? It, uh, which is all of Wisconsin sports. But what I'm going to tell you right now is this, okay? <laughs> Hot take, Sharn, coming in. It's this. It's the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, historically, any time that he's ever gotten a bad attitude in a game, he has shut down and he plays like garbage in a game. And you can, you you have to admit that because that's true. I'm not, Any, but, uh, but can you at least agree with me a little bit? Am I like eighty percent accurate? Well, D- yes or no. This is not a well question. This is a yes or no. I'm technically going to say no because what are we defining as? He's played like shit and he gives up. He plays like shit. He gets like a bad attitude, and then we lose the game. Like, he gets in this mindset of, okay, I'm done. Like, this is bad. He goes and he yells. He has his little sideline tantrum, and then he's done. And then we play like garbage. He throws to people that aren't there. He swears at the sideline and all of that. He does that. And you can't – you're trying so hard to defend little Daddy Aaron, like Daddy Tom, freaking Ramsey. It's like talking to Ramsey over here. Anyways – Here's what I'm saying. It is not just a bad game. It's a bad season. And Aaron Rodgers is in a bad mood about the season. And I think, just like we see in his games, it's now being stretched across the season. If we lose to the Dallas Cowboys at home on Sunday, you will have to say the season is over. I think it probably is over. To be honest with you, I think it is. However... 
Oh, there's a there's a little bit of hope because Aaron Rodgers is so good. He is. And the the reality of the situation, if they beat Dallas, they'll be four and six. He's not good though. He's not good this year. Aaron is not the issue. We saw that against Buffalo. Aaron is the issue. We saw this against Buffalo. Aaron is the issue. No, the issue because is because he's no one to supposed throw to. to be the leader of the team. So razz up your guys, put fire under their butts, what the and hell let's get them going. They're good, though they're not able to get open. But if you, what, what is he supposed to do? What? You, answer me this. Answer me this. Answer yes, me this. I'm going to, okay. and I'm about to tell you what Aaron Rodgers is supposed to do. Believe in your team. Even if they're not good. Because if you are going to jack... This is what they teach me in every teaching class. Even if a kid thinks that social studies is terrible, you need to go out there and you need to be the best champion for social studies to get them interested in social studies. That's the same thing for this. Because guess what? If I'm excited about social studies and I'm leading social studies, that kid's going to be excited about social studies. Same thing, Aaron. You be excited about this team. You be the leader. You razz these guys up. And he's not doing that. He's going and pouting on the sidelines and whatever. No, if you have a good attitude, I'm going to play for you. If you have a shitty attitude, I'm not going to play for you. You done? Ugh, now you're going to go and tell me why I'm wrong. Which I is am. literally, I, I couldn't expect it even more. You ready? <sighs> Here's why that is flawed. And I'm not saying you're totally wrong. Because... There is an element of that there. Can I just pause you for a moment? Go ahead. Okay. You said you this these words, maybe not exact quote, but I'm paraphrasing. You said that day we went to the Badger game, that we got engaged, best day of my life, and we lost. You said that the message from Paul Christ was stale. You said you've never seen a drier team You've never seen, no one was razzed up. Now, if Paul Christ would have been on that sideline saying, guys, it's okay, let's freaking go, LFG, woo! I bet you that that team would have played better because they would have had somebody championing them and believing in them. And Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be doing that for his team, and he is not. And this, this is your words. These were, this is what you said. And so why is that different when it comes to Aaron Rodgers? Is because he's just supposed to be the GOAT and he's just supposed to sling the ball and whatever. No, if Aaron Rodgers had a positive attitude, the rest of the guys would play for him. And here's 500 reasons why you're wrong, Sharna. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go that route. What I'm going to say... Having played four coaches I didn't like, and I'm not going to name any names, I'm not even going to name any sports, but when you play on a, on a team or in a game, for a coach that you don't like, you start looking out for yourself. That happens, right? Are you, are you willing to admit that that happens, right? I, no. Yes or no? No. Why not? Because there's no I in team, man. That's, that's a fine belief for kindergarten. But it's reality of the situation. Even in the high school level, it's what happens. Is you start kind of looking out for yourself. You either start playing for stats to make it interesting or you know, any number of possible options of where you're going into that game. You're giving it your all, but you're a little jaded about it. So if I, can ha if I had that attitude, 
for high school sports that don't matter one lick of shit in beyond that individual day in my life, what I'm going to say is Paul Chris with the Badgers, he can be a rah-rah guy all he wants, but if it falls on deaf ears who don't give in to that message, who aren't believing in that message, who aren't whatever, it doesn't matter. He can, he can, be, he can be the front of the tunnel going, let's go, guys. Let, you know, this is the greatest team ever. Like, I believe in you. I love you guys, blah, blah, blah. He can do that, but there's small elements you can see of guys kind of breaking away from that mold. Same thing with this Packers team. Yeah, for a number but of if, reasons. But if hold Aaron, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But can I just rebuttal what you just said? Go ahead. Because if Aaron, Aaron's supposed to be the GOAT, okay? Most of these guys idolized Aaron Rodgers growing That's up. That's great. And in those pre-game uh, packages that they run, when the, Aaron Andrews goes and interviews, ooh, the young receiver, Romeo Dobbs, he's like, yeah, I grew up watching Aaron Rodgers. They idolize Aaron so much. I... I would bet a million dollars on the fact that if Aaron Rodgers sat on that sideline and, like, razzed the guys up and pumped into them good stuff, that would make those young guys believe in them, and then they would go out and play. The line would go out and protect their quarterback. The receivers would go out and catch that ball. And that's exactly what would happen. And you are sitting here telling me that that's not the case. I don't believe you for a second. No, because here's why this is an issue. And on paper, you're absolutely right. I want it to be that simple. I wish it was. But the fact of the matter is, especially when you're playing in the NFL, talent matters more than attitude. When you have guys who are multi-million dollar guys who are all, all pro corners or all pro linebackers or whatever, Aaron Rodgers, I, I talked to you, I said this to you on Sunday. We're sitting at the game, you know, we're watching the game. I said this to you where he's huddled up in front of his young receivers talking about the next drive. When it was kind of coming down to crunch time, the score that touched on in the second half. Okay, but crunch time. He's doing that throughout the game. We're just not seeing it because it doesn't fit the, ooh, Aaron Rodgers is such a selfish dick. You know, you can talk. We could show a replay of him swearing and saying, fuck, after a, a third down pass. The fact of the matter is, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, and Samari Torrey, the three rookie receivers, have all flourished when they're on the field. Same thing. Rodgers is coaching these guys up. We've seen them work. They get hurt. You can't control that. Okay, the, the injuries you cannot control. Sure. So what I'm saying is, when you have Christian Watson go down, you have Romeo Dobbs go down, you have Samari Torrey, who is really probably only active on the roster, because Aaron Rodgers went up to him and said, hey, you're too talented to be a healthy scratch every week and just practicing and not even suiting up and wearing your jersey for games. When Aaron Rodgers is saying that to a young guy, and he's going to him time after time again, we saw the big fourth down play to get even to the goal line area, the fourth and ten before they ended up getting there. Rodgers throws that fade route to Torre and hits him across the middle. He goes to the young guy. He coaches him up. He's doing all the things you want him to do. The fact of the matter is the biggest issue with this team this year is there's just not enough talent to get them over any proverbial hump. So he can be the rah-rah guy all he wants. But when you don't have the talent, when defenses are scheming for your lack of talent, it doesn't matter for shit how he acts. And he, the fact is, also, he's acting like you want him to. 
We talk about Tom Brady being this great leader and these great leader of men, whatever. But he's throwing a tablet. He goes and makes jokes about it. There's such a double standard that happens with Aaron Rodgers. doesn't happen with any other quarterback in the league right now. That's and not Tom, true. Tom Brady and him are basically the same guy right now. Tom Brady can go and throw a tablet, and <coughs> it ends up being this whole joke. He can swear all he wants to the sideline, light everybody's ass on fire, just like he did against the Packers. We saw that on the Packer game when they were playing in Tampa Bay this year. Ah, it's just Tom being Tom. Aaron Rodgers goes, you know, they they actually flashed away from him talking to these young receivers, talking to his line. It takes you seeing it on Twitter where journalists or one of the beat reporters take a picture of it. It's the only time you see that. So it is happening. Okay, but look at look at look at Josh Allen, look at Pat Mahomes, look at these up and coming quarterbacks that are being champions of their team, and they are playing good. And they are putting up results. Yeah, and that's great. But that's what I'm but saying. But you're not, you're not seeing the whole picture. And that's I, Packer fans, you know, again, and I'm not saying you. I'm saying Packer fans that I hear on the radio talking to different sports radio people or talking to people on Twitter, whatever the interaction is, you see these different, you know, these same things. Oh, Josh Allen doesn't do this. Josh Allen absolutely does this. He you know, if he misses a throw or somebody does the wrong play, absolutely Josh Allen's lighting their ass up. And then the next play, he goes back to him eventually. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers, but you're not... But Aaron Rodgers you doesn't go back to the guy. He loses all faith in him, and then they don't throw the ball to him. So these receivers say, oh, I make one mistake, and Aaron Rodgers is never going to throw the ball to me again. But how do we even know that's the case? Because we, you, we see don't... It. you see it. What The receiver makes a mistake... And then Aaron Rodgers doesn't go to him in the whole game, even if he's wide freaking open. But we don't know the read pattern either. But it doesn't matter. It does too. Because it's not like Madden where you can see the whole field. You have to go through your but, progression. But the thing is, the narrative about Aaron Rodgers is that he's so good at seeing the field. He's so good at, you know, reading all the, the defenses and blah, blah, blah. And that, you know, he had so much, you know, whatever, time to throw. And I get that he doesn't have a lot of time to throw this year. But scramble around like you know and freaking throw the ball to the open guy. Great on paper. Harder in practice. Ugh. I'm just saying. Just, just. Like I said, you give Ramsey so much shit for being being a Tom Brady fan. And look at you here doing the same freaking thing. Same thing. Different player. I just think the double standard is out of this world. I don't believe that it's a double standard. It absolutely is a double standard. Look again. Perfect people are example, saying the same thing about example. people are saying the same thing about Tom Brady as they say about Aaron Rodgers. They're saying, "Hey, Tom Brady's being a baby. He's throwing tablets. He's wrecking tablets. Yeah, it becomes a meme. It becomes a joke. Whatever." But the same thing. Like they're saying the same thing. They're being Tom Brady's a baby. But perfect example of why that narrative is false. Where he doesn't go to the young guy after whatever. Two weeks ago, Rodgers. Hits or throws a Samaritoria on third down. Ends up being a drop with challenge, whatever. Literally the next play, they go to Samaritoria again, touchdown. Like, he's believing in these guys. This narrative, it's just, a, like I said, it's a media-driven double standard. I don't know. I don't agree, but well, we'll go. We'll go through this game a little bit more on Sunday, yeah. and we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. So Well, I'm probably not watching on Sunday, so... It's going to be the only game on TV that day, at that time. It's America's Game of the Week. I have other things to do. At 3.25 on Sunday afternoon? You betcha. All right. Well, that's your, that's your problem. Okay. 
but I will be watching the game, and I will gladly yell out to you why we you know what happens. I'll be organizing my sock drawer. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, I, I mean, I guess we talked enough about the past. We do have Mike McCarthy coming back to town. Packers, I believe, are a dog in this game, betting-wise. Um, yeah, Dallas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Really a touchdown because of – because usually, kind of traditionally speaking, the home team gets a three points kind of automatically. So it's really like a seven-and-a-half-point spread. But for betting purposes, it's four-and-a-half. Um, I guess with that in mind, there's, I mean, yeah, McCarthy's coming back. Dallas offense is a lot better than the Green Bay offense. Didn't McCarthy cry? He did. He did this week. And that's – I. the story within the game, Rodgers talked about how it's going to be nice to see Mike. They've been exchanging some texts this week. Uh, Mike McCarthy cried talking about how special Green Bay is to him and, and what the city means to him. So kind of the story within the game, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious on how he's going to be received. I'm assuming he's going to be booed. Pretty heavily. You think so? Yeah. I, McCarthy, and rightfully so, got a lot of hate towards the end of his time here in Green Bay. Sure. Uh, again, stale Because he was sucking. He was stale. He was sucking just like Aaron Rodgers is. Whatever. Um, so I'm curious the reception he gets. I'm curious if the Packers do any sort of, like, tribute video. Like, you see a lot of – you see it more in basketball when a player who had a significant impact on a program or a team – Comes back to that team for the first time. You usually see some sort of tribute video. This is the first time he's coming to Lambeau since he left to Dallas? Yeah. Oh, so significant weekend for us. Significant weekend indeed. So I'm really curious on what the fan reception ends up being. You think Mike's going to think it's weird that he's staying at Paper Valley and not at his house? I'm sure that's going to be a weird element. Like, you know, Brett Favre talked about his first game back in Green Bay as an opponent. The bus ride was weird, he said. Yeah. We're being on the opposite end of that. Um, and that's kind of probably the best cons- you know, comparison. Now, McCarthy was a lot less hated than <laughs> Brett Favre was at that time. Sure. Um, so I guess prediction, Sean, are the Packer fans going to boo or are they going to cheer McCarthy when he comes out? You know, I, I, I don't know. Packer fans don't boo a lot. Yeah, they do. Well, they haven't in the last few years because there's nothing to been booing about. But I don't know. I, I'm very torn. I'm torn if they're going to boo him or not. What would Shauna do if you were at Lambeau Field on Sunday afternoon? This is probably what would happen. If Eric and Shauna are sitting at Lambeau Field on Sunday, Eric is probably going to yell, scream, and boo. And Shauna would probably go, Eric, stop it. Because people would be looking at you. I don't know if I'd boo him, to be honest with you. I don't know that I would either. I mean, Mike McCarthy gave us a lot of years. He gave us a Super Bowl more than friggin' Matty. Well, Matt Daddy. Matt LaFleur has another year before he's in that same boat, but. True. But, anyways, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I'm, like I said, I'm very torn. Do you boo the guy? Do you succumb to the boo? I, I, I don't know. I do think they boo him. Okay. I do think he probably gets some a warmer cheer after the game, like when you know, because Packer fans are going to be kind of riled up for that game. Sure. Um, what would Eric do though? I I really don't know. I want to say Eric. I'd probably doing. depend. I'd probably depend on what the state. I'm going to be honest. I'd yeah. probably give him the peer pressure. Whatever the stadium does around me. Right. If there's a cheer, or if it's a boo, 
I think I think the route to go, ideally speaking, would be ooh. boo him. No, no, no. <laughs> boo him out of the tunnel. And if they introduce him, if they do a video, you know, give him his his respect. Yeah, I don't know. They don't do a video. Then if that's the only interaction you get, that initial boo or whatever. Like I said, I'm probably going with the crowd, but I don't know what if it was if it was just Eric and Shauna, or if we were leading either cheer or boo. Eric's I'm booing. Sh- I'm not sure. Eric's booing. All right. Moving on. Let's Moving get to on. picks here. It's pick time. So with that, Sean, are you ready to write down our picks for the week? You got it. So first we got to talk about the game that has just kicked off. I don't even know what the score is right now. Um, that is Thursday Night Football. Is there, there is not a score in this game. Or I, I lied. It's 3-0. Panthers are up on the Falcons. The initial spread was Atlanta by two and a half. Falcons do have the ball. No, Panthers do have the ball. The 50-yard line. So Who was favored? The Falcons were favored by two and a half. It's in Charlotte, so it's at Carolina. Um, what say, Shauna? Hotlanta. I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with the Panthers in this one. Okay. All right. So going through the rest of the NFL slate, we do have an early game in London, or in Germany, actually. Germany. And that being the Seahawks versus the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. 8.30 a.m. Sunday morning. What is Sean to say? There are two-and-a-half? Two-and-a-half. You know, who's the quarterback for the Seahawks? Geno Smith. I'm going to go uh, put my faith in Pete Carroll and that gum. Damn it. I was kind of thinking that, too. I am also going to go with the Seahawks, the 6-3 and three Seahawks, leading the NFC West. <sighs> Isn't that freaking wild? That's incredible. And the freaking, the, the leaders of this, of the divisions this year. Are absolute ridiculousness. Well, and that's that's kind of why I think that you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about, not to start this pot up again. There is a little bit of hope in Green Bay yet. Oh, it's God. not a lot. It's all not right, all right, moving on, moving on, moving all on. Right. The game that probably should have been America's game of the week: Vikings Bills in Ooh. Buffalo. Buffalo is a three and a half point favorite as of recording. <sighs> Minnesota likes to win ugly. Minnesota wins close, ugly games. The J- the Bills are coming off a loss to the Jets. Ooh, but I with know. only being three and a half, give me the Bills. I know. I'm going Bills. Uh, I Bills Mafia. But. That's going to be a good game, though. I wish, I, I'm wish i probably going to watch that game pretty heavily on Sunday morning. Oh, heck year. yeah. That's a nooner? That's a noon game. Oh, yeah. heck yeah. Uh, also... At noon, the other two teams in the NFC North, so we might not get that Bills-Vikings game, um, is the Lions at Bears. Chicago is a three-point favorite. Now, Justin Fields did just set the NFL record for most rushing yards by a quarterback. The Lions defense is porous to everybody except Green Bay, basically. The Detroit offense has been a lot better than what people give it credit for, though, too. Give me Motor City, Dan Campbell, MCDC. (laughs) 
That's bears by three, right? Yeah. Give me... Give me the Lions. You're going Lions, too. I am. I, I don't love it, but even in that game where Justin Fields set the the rushing record, they still lost. Yeah. So I've got a feeling the Lions kind of riding high. That'll be a good game for them. FTB. Also at noon, we've got Broncos at Titans. The Titans, a three-point favorite at home. Titans coming off of a Monday night football loss to the Chiefs in overtime. Broncos, I, I'm assuming, lost last week because that's basically... Or they beat the Jags last week. Um, Give me the Titans. Yeah, I'm going Titans as well. Actually, a bye week for the the Broncos that they're coming off, but... Yeah, still give me the Titans. Okay. All right. Uh, next game, Jags, Chiefs. And Kansas City is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Kansas City's hot. I'm going Chiefs. See, Kansas City. They're playing the Jags. Yeah, but the Jags haven't been awful. Um, the Jags their defense are... is pretty decent. They're only giving up 377 yards per game. 230 through the air. The Chiefs have given up a lot of yards and haven't looked... I mean, they've won a lot of games, but they've won a lot of games kind of ugly. Nine and a half is a big spread, but... The Jags got, you know, some weather turmoil going through Florida this week. But it's so. in Kansas City. I understand that, but the Jags are probably, you know, worried about their homes. Give me the Chiefs. I don't like Did I game, talk though. you into it? I, that's not why. I I think the Chiefs win either way. Like, if I if we weren't betting spreads, I'd probably take the Chiefs. Yeah, the 9.5 is big. But I don't necessarily think that the Jags are a team that's going to slow them down to offensively. Like, they're not going to come <laughs> out. I mean, Travis Etienne's playing very well. But the big thing that the, you know, the, J, or that the Titans used against the Chiefs to cover was the fact that they had Derrick Henry running the ball and slowing the game down and keeping the Chiefs off the field, where the Jags are kind of like a Chiefs light, where they like to throw the ball quite a bit, and they're kind of they're a faster team. Sure. So I don't think that plays. I think that plays into Kansas City's strengths. So I do think they covered the 9.5. I'm very reluctant on that, though. All right, next game, we got Browns at... Dolphins, Browns and Dolphins. And that game is opening at three and a half for the Dolphins. Ooh. I'm going to go the Finns. I'm also going Dolphins in this one. No reason. No rhyme or reason. Just, just hot. They're yeah. Six and three. All right. Two more noon games here. Uh, the Texans versus the Giants. Giants are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Who's favorite? The Giants. Um, the Texans are straight garbage. Four-and-a-half isn't a whole lot either, so give me the Giants in this one. Yeah, same. Real riveting picks this week. Now, last noon game, we've got Saints-Steelers. And the St- or the Saints, excuse me, the Saints are a one and a half point favorite. So basically, pick who you think is going to win. 
have Steelers. I'm going Saints. I think their offense is just a little bit better, especially with Chase Claypool being out of Pittsburgh now. Ah, uh, that's right. All right. Shucks. A 305 game. We've got Colts, Raiders, and the Raiders are a four and a half point favorite. Raiders have been not good. No, but the Colts have also been not good, but they do have a new head coach now. Raiders are favored by four. Four and a half. They do have a new head coach, which usually is good for a quick, you know, one week win bounce back. Um, I'm going Colts. The Raiders did lose this last week, too. They came off of a bad game. I'm going to go Colts as well. I don't love this pick either. But should we just pick all the same? Are we? Is that what we're doing so far? It pretty much. Well, you are leading, so I'm trying to get some extra points on the other guys. Right. I'm trying to make up some ground. Okay. All right. Next game, we've got Cardinals at Rams. The Rams are a one and a half point favorite. So again, I pick them. Pretty much. Um, I'm going Cardinals. I'm going to take the Rams to win this one. I think they have a bounce back. They played very well for three and a half quarters against the Buccaneers. Uh, could not get the job done to close out the game uh, against the Bucks. I think they might bounce back this one. They kind of need this one to kind of keep their season afloat, especially in a very competitive NFC West. Give me the Rams. America's Game of the Week. We've got Packers, Cow- or Cowboys at Packers. The Cowboys are a four and a half point favorite hate to do this. I really hate this. I'm going boys. Yeah, I have to. I don't want to, but I can be right or happy. I, I gotta go Cowboys. So, but I thought there was hope, Eric. <laughs> Not when it comes to picks. Right. I think if they win the game, there's hope. Sure. But until that happens, until I see some sort of bounce back and the stakes are going to be high... Last week, or week before, whatever it was, you and Sean were like, yeah, there's such glimpses of hope, blah, blah, blah. There was after that Bills game. There and really now was. we're just taking the... Taking it on the chin. All right, next one. All right, Sunday Night Football, we've got Chargers, 49ers. This is easy. It's a seven-point favorite for the 49ers. I think they cover that more. 49ers coming off the bye. Uh, I think no. they're coming off the bye. I'm... I'm going uh, Jimmy G. They are coming off a bye. He's uh, easy on the eyes. All right. Last NFL game of the week. We've got Commanders and Eagles. And the Eagles are 11-point favorites. Are they still undefeated? They are still undefeated. They're (sighs) 8-0. I'm going Eagles. The Commanders are hot garbage. Yeah, I'm also going Eagles on this one. How many college games do we have to pick this week? Un, dos, tres, cuatro. Okay, so four. That would be cuatro. All right, so as always, we've got to start the Badgers. Badgers <laughs> are a one-and-a-half-point favorite at Iowa. And you know what? I'm, I'm feeling Wisconsin again this week. I'm going Wisconsin um, purely for the fact that I do not like that Iowa's name is Cyclones. I think it's dumb. They're not the Cyclones. It's Iowa State. Yeah, so aren't they the Iowa State Cyclones? Yeah, Iowa State, but they're not playing Iowa State. Oh, who are they're they playing? playing? Iowa Hawkeyes. 
Well, I don't like that guy either. Their mascot's scary. So, <laughs> screw you, Iowa. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. What is our ranked game going to be? We're going to stick in the SEC like we have a lot this year. Bama at Ole Miss. Oh. Nine versus 11. And the Tide, Alabama, are a 12-point favorite. Bama struggling. Ole Miss at 8-1. and one. Ole Miss' only loss this year was to LSU, who just beat Alabama. Give me Ole Miss. Ole Miss. I'm also going Ole Miss in this one. I, I really... I am loving watching Bama crumble. Nick Saban. I mean, they're still they're seven and two. Nick they're not really Saban's crumbling. Tour of sadness. They're not really crumbling, but they're they're crumbling for Alabama standards. Yeah. I want to see them lose again. Be seven and three. Go Rebels. Woo. All right. Um, ooh, where is it going to be our irrelevant game of the week? Can you pick one with like a a lion? I don't know if there is any lions, to be honest with you. Oh, dang. Um, what about a badger? There's no other badgers. Or a small rodent. Okay, small rodent. Yeah. Um, this is great radio while you look. <laughs> um, um, oh, hot take. The McRib sucks. I also hate the McRib. I thought you liked the McRib. No. I did not like the McRib. You know, it reminds me of that, like, rib sandwich you used to have in, like, uh, elementary school. That was good. I would give my left leg for for that. I like the rib sandwich at Quick Trip, but I hate the McRib. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not a McRibber. All right. I don't know what the mascots in this game are, but we're going to go with it. So it's not a small rodent? I don't believe so. Darn. Might be, though. We've got Charlotte. At MTSU. I'm not even sure what these two mascots are. Kind of looking at it here. The MTSU chipmunks? <laughs> I hope so. For your for this sake, I hope so. All right. Give me, um, the, give me the spread MTSU here. MTSU is favored by 11. Um, I'm going Charlotte. The Charlotte chipmunks. I believe it's the Middle Tennessee State Eagles. I got to figure out what the hell Charlotte is because it's going to bother me. If I'm going the Charlotte chipmunks. <laughs> the CC Charlotte North Carolina They're actually punk. the 49ers The Charlotte 49ers taking on Middle Tennessee Which is The I, I don't know what they are I'm sad that they're the 49ers They could have had such an opportunity The Blue Raiders Ugh, I don't like either of these I wrote down Charlotte though So I'm going Charlotte you know what? I'm going to go Middle Tennessee. M-T-S-U. And one more game? Yep. All right. Can I'm we just... pick, like, racing or something? There's no more racing. We're done. Can we pick golf? Uh, golf's pretty much done for the year, too. Can we pick a basketball game? Sure. We'll th I'll find a college game for us to pick here. A college game? Or an NBA game, whatever. Can you find one with a small rodent? I don't think there's any small rodents in... Mm. Not in pro basketball, anyway. If we were going to go uh, college basketball, I might be able to find you one. Okay. So what do you want me to do here? I don't care. What's everybody's favorite Christmas movie? We're, we'll talk about that as we get a little closer to Christmas, John. We'll have like a bracket or draft. 
<gasps> That's what we'll do. We'll do draft. Oh, no, we'll do a bracket. That works too. Rupert Wisconsin favorite Christmas movie bracket. We should do one for Thanksgiving foods. We should do a draft for that. We'll do How like, would we do a draft? We all pick something and we have to keep going. We'll do like three picks. Your top three Thanksgiving foods, but you can't have a duplicate. Oh, okay. So with the with the A team. Whoever we can get. <laughs> as we get close at, when we have the week before the week of Thanksgiving, when we have that episode, we will whoever we have on that episode, we will do a draft of Thanksgiving. Maybe food. we could have like guest pickers, like college game day. Maybe we could have celebrity pickers. Like have somebody call in, you know? Yeah, if we can get that, by all means. Like, have Mama Jo call in. She's a celebrity. Oh, our top listeners, they could call in and give us their celebrity picks. Oh, my God. Mama Jo, are you up for it? All right. I'm going to find us a Division I basketball game to pick for tomorrow. Does it have a small rodent? I'm still working on that. Rick, I'm just trying to fill in dead air. You know? I'm just trying to keep this, this... Train running. Why are there no odds up for that? How does everybody feel about Black Friday being all month long? I kind of miss the days of old when, um, you know, Black Friday was just Black Friday. <laughs> all right, Shauna. We're going to do an early season NBA game because there's no college basketball odds out. Rodent? No rodents. Darn it. Um, let's go a little... Let's go with the... The Pistons and the Knicks. K N I X. K N I X N I C X or N I C S. C K. <laughs> oh my God. K N I C K S. Okay. Um, I'm going Pistons. I don't even need the spread. It's Knicks by eight. Pistons have won three games this year. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna beat the Knicks. I'm going with the Knicks. And with that, my friends, what are we rooting for for next week? I'm going to stick with deer hunting. I, you know, it's, it's almost, we're a week away from gun season. It's just that time of year. Give me deer hunting in Wisconsin. You know what I'm rooting for, Rick? What's that? We have Spirit Week next week. Literally one of the greatest weeks to be a teacher. Monday is pajama day. Oh, we kind of wanted to. I kind of wanted to say this. Our new dress-up day for like Spirit Weeks is like Zoom attire, so I get to wear sweatpants and a nice top on Tuesday, flannel day on Wednesday, hat day on Thursday, and then Spirit Day on Friday. I am rooting for a good Spirit Week. It's gonna be great. Literally best day ever when I get to wear my pajamas to work, and it'll be like two days in a row. You know, Zoom attire. So that's what I'm rooting for. All right. One final thing you should do here real quick. Closing time. Closing Bar of the week. Closing time. And this week is going to be one that we did not do last week, but it is one that Shauna, you and I went to very recently. Is it? And that's going to be Olive and Ash in Kohler. Woo! Um, Olive and Ash is a, it's known as a cocktail bar. It is not a dive. It so is not a dive. So please do not be misconstrued it is not a dive it is a classy pants bar 
It is, but it is a fantastic bar. It is a cigar bar, so you can... One of the few bars in Wisconsin you can still smoke cigars at if you want. Literally 10 out of 10. Um, you know, we were there a couple weeks ago. Had a cigar in my mouth. Had some bourbon on the rocks. I had a couple uh, Moscow mules. It was pretty great. Um, so, quick little... 4.6 stars on Google. Quick little tangent here. I have known about Olive and Ash my whole life growing up in the Sheboygan area. Um, and my dream was, you know, I'm a little weird. We know this by now, but <laughs> my dream was to wear a red velvet. You robe. Want to be Hugh Hefner. <laughs> like kind of, Shawna but like Hefner. not really. I wanted to wear a red velvet robe. I wanted to go there and I wanted to have scotch on the rocks with a big Cuban cigar in my hand. And, uh, you know, I didn't do any of those things um, when I went to Olive and Ash for the first time, um, but it was pretty great. And then I got to share that experience with Eric, so that was pretty fun. Yeah, and in a lot of these reviews, just talking about the awesome experience, how very relaxed of an atmosphere it is, uh, which I can wholeheartedly sign off on. We were watching game shows. Yeah, we went on like 3 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. We both had the day off. Um, cigar bar. You can bring in your own cigars. Selection is a little bit limited um, on cigar options, but relaxing atmosphere. People had a dog inside. It was great. It was, a, it was a, yeah, it was nice. It's just you don't you don't go to a bar nowadays and get that you know blue atmosphere like you used to. So <laughs> it uh it's pretty great. All right, with that, episode ninety five is in the books. That's Shauna. I'm Eric. For Justin, Ramsey, Sean, Mason, who does our social media videos, anybody who's ever commented on our stuff, keep an eye out for our social media content. We're the Root for Wisconsin Show. We're out. See ya. Bye. <laughs>